You're listening to The Savvy Social Podcast, a weekly show that explores social media marketing strategies that help business owners create connection and build community by focusing on manageable tasks that actually make a difference to your business goals. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to episode number 98 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Traject Social, the world's most complete social media management tool and my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. You can try them out for yourself for free by going to trajectsocial.com. Today's guest is Garrett Woods from Full Screen. He's the Associate Director of platforms and full screen is one of LA's largest and well-known social first agencies and Garrett Woods is tasked with just that. He also is really finding and identifying ways that brands can fit into the social narrative. With a background in production and film, he now manages full screen's brand group social platform relationships and works to unlock all that's possible on social for their brand clients in this ever-changing but exciting space. And in this episode, we talk about digital media, how things are changing due to COVID-19, coronavirus, pandemic. If you're listening in the future right now, we're all self-isolating because of coronavirus, COVID-19, and the pandemic, the global pandemic that is happening. Um, I know for me, I'm in Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, and uh, we are staying in. Um, Not everyone is, though. At the time of recording this uh, intro, there are a lot of restrictions being lifted. Things are opening back up again, but they're saying that, you know, we're going to see a resurgence uh, later this year. So in this episode, we really dive into how that affects social media. How does this affect digital marketing? What trends are we seeing in social media growth? We talk about some predictions for different platforms like TikTok. We even talk a little bit about Snapchat, which is fun. And we really dive into how users are turning to private messaging on social media and what that means for us as marketers. Before we dive into this interview, I also want to give you one last chance to download my crisis captions. They're little captions, little snippets of social media phrases that you can use as you're going through marketing your business online right now. It can feel a little awkward sometimes because you want to talk about what you do, especially if you're still in business and things are still running, but the world isn't running as it usually would. People aren't in business. Um, People are working from home. Their lives look different. So how do you continue to market yourself without sounding tone deaf and without sounding like you don't understand what's happening in the world around you? Download these free captions to help you. You can find them by going to onlinedrea.com slash crisis. That's crisis. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. All right, let's dive into this interview with Garrett Woods. Hey, Garrett, welcome to the show. Hi, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Uh, personally, followed full screen in the company uh, for a number of years now, and I love what you guys are doing there. So we'll dive into your work there, and then we'll talk a little bit about current events because we're living in a wild time right now. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, I'm just curious about you and how you got started with full screen. Yeah. Um, Cool. I'll try to make the, the story a, a little short. But um, so basically, I uh, right out of college, I was in a program called um, RTS, the International Radio and Television Society. Um, and it's basically a media boot camp in New York City. So um, me and 30 other people um, were selected for the summer and um, just kind of ran around New York City to learn about the media landscape. And uh, within that, um, I was actually... All, trying to, I was actually offered an interview at full screen and I had no idea what they were doing at the time. This was back in like 2015 and it just, I ended up not taking that interview or internship um, and intern somewhere else. Um, and then I worked in production because I went to film school. Um, so right after the program was over, um, I worked in commercial production for a while. But when I was in the media program, um, you know, I realized that things were starting to change. The world was getting a lot more social and the work that I was doing in production um, was very, I think, kind of simple. I was just making sure people were showing up to set on time. I was pushing paper around. I wasn't really um, in, able to instigate change. And just kind of that role for me, um, I didn't feel like long-term was where I wanted my career to go. So I reconnected with someone at full screen um, that had reached out about the internship. And we um, just caught up and they happened to have been looking for someone um, at the time, and it, everything just fell into place really quickly. Um, so yeah, I started actually working in the New York office um, back in 2016, late 2015. Um, so I've been at full screen for about four and a half years now, um, and it's been great. I think you know what I always say is I've been there for almost five years, but every year has felt completely different. This space changes so much. My roles have changed. My um, you know, really great leadership um, that's really kind of helped navigate as things are changing. Um, and now um, our group has expanded a lot and we're kind of at the forefront of, you know, figuring out how things are actually changing. And, and that's more or less my job as, as the platform uh, person is to kind of figure out, you know, how our platform shifting, what do we do with that? Um, so it's been a really, really great run um, and a really great company to work for. Um, I'm really excited to see where things are going to go um, because of the recent Warner acquisition that happened last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the work that you're doing is so primed for change because right now we're in the middle of COVID-19, coronavirus pandemic. A lot of us are um, self-isolating, quarantined, and uh, social distancing. So how do you see that um, self-isolation in the time that people are spending at home, how do you see that changing how consumers look at media and how they actually consume media? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And I think there's two different parts of that question. I think there's a, um, what is right now? Like, what is this going to be right now? Um, and we're pretty far into this. Um, so there's a lot of trends that are popping up right now in terms of people just watching more, uh, more types of content that are a bit more specific so that they're filling their time, um, with activities. And there's a lot, there's a huge rise in educational content, how to content and like 
people are trying to find like we're also seeing that people are watching really really long movie franchises like harry potter and lord of the rings like they're really just trying to find how they're failing their time um but when we actually look at media consumption overall and the long-term projections um digital media consumption is going has is jumping um to almost an hour, um, and that's around 11%. So um, in the last year, it's been fairly stagnant. Um, but because of this, um, we're actually going to jump a lot fast, a lot faster in terms of growth, um, in terms of digital time spent. And that growth is going to uh, stay in place. So it's kind of like a, a stair stepping up. And then the other thing that's happening that's interesting within the social media platform world is that some of the trends that we were starting to see basically sped up. Um, but conversely, some of the other downward trends are starting to slow down. So you know, TikTok is seeing massive growth, but on the flip side, Facebook is also seeing somewhat of a, you know, a recurrence of usership um, for the moment. So some of that, the declines that were happening on Facebook are actually starting to slow. So it is kind of changing for different audiences in different ways. Um, and there's a lot to kind of unpack within that. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I have a question about TikTok because personally I'm trying it out. Don't go look at my TikTok though, because it looks <laughs> ridiculous, but I'm trying it out as a marketer. I feel like it's my job to learn it. Um, so like high level, can you tell me about TikTok? Is it just going to be a flash in the pan or do you actually see us spending more time there? Yeah. So um, on your first comment about uh, like you starting to use TikTok, I mean, the, the, the first part of it is that it takes a lot of effort to actually post one and you really have to put yourself out there. And that's, that's kind of the highest barrier challenge that TikTok has. It actually last year had a lot of downloads, but recurring users, um, it was hard to, to get them to come back. Um, and just to post, just it does take a lot of energy. And that is what's driving its current growth is because we, you know, we all have time to put something together, put something together, learn a dance, um, all that. But kind of the concerns that we were having last year about TikTok were its growth was fairly slow um, in like around Q2, Q3. And we, a lot of users weren't coming back. People were downloading it, but they weren't actually engaging with the platform itself. I actually had downloaded it and then deleted it and then redownloaded it. And it's hard for <laughs> me to get in to my profile. Um, but then, and there were also all of these privacy concerns that they had about it being Chinese owned. Um, but recently they moved their headquarters to LA. They've done a really, really good job at kind of appeasing some of the concerns that um, were really valid that people were having and brands were having. Um, but also they've seen massive growth. In the second half of last year, they were averaging around 50 to 60 million downloads. And then just as a trend in general in, in January and February, the download rate doubled. Um, and that was before COVID. And it's just been astronomical mm -hmm. since because people are um, spending a lot of time there. And the other thing is, it, it's still, although it's a new social platform and the algorithm is different, it still is able to function uh, in our daily lives in a lot of different ways. It's entertaining, but also there's educational content um, that you can watch that gives you something to do. I recently cooked um, some chicken based on a TikToker <laughs> teaching me how to do it in less than a minute. And it was actually really good. So it's kind of hitting all these different things that social has been good at, but in a new way. Um, and that's really, really helped its growth. But the other thing that 
is also interesting is that it's really easy to share TikToks elsewhere. And that's in the app. Like you can directly share to your Instagram feed or your Instagram stories. I mean, it's open to being present on other social platforms. And we're actually seeing that that was a challenge for Snapchat. They were very closed off. It's not easy to, you have to download your Snapchat and put it somewhere else. Um, And now Snapchat's starting to kind of reconsider that. Um, So that's really helped TikTok grow um, because now you're seeing it in your friend's stories. Um, So yeah, it's really fun. It's here to stay. Um, I also think it's going to be a lot more central to a lot of brand marketing uh, down the road, especially for uh, entertainment marketers um, that have content to play with and um, brands that skew younger. They're definitely going to have to figure out how they're uh, making their TikTok strategy work for them. Uh, yeah, and, and additionally, and I think this is kind of the other side of it, is there's going to be a huge influx in terms of the different ad types that can run on TikTok and what that can do and how that works. You're, when you're on the app, you're scrolling constantly. So we're, we've seen that if you run like an e-commerce campaign, it actually doesn't do that well because people don't want to stop scrolling. They want to, they want to, if they're going to engage with an ad, it needs to feel natural to how they're using the app. So we're probably going to see a lot of developments on that side. And, we, and they've really you know, knocked it out of the park with hashtag campaigns. Um, but we're likely going to see a big uh, growth and probably shift in terms of ad dollars um, towards the app. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, so many good trends there. Good information there that you provided with us. And I think it's interesting, uh, just as a consumer, to, to watch the evolution of TikTok. Um, and you mentioned Snapchat as well. I don't even remember the last time I signed into Snapchat, um, but they're, it's almost like they're trying to stay relevant as well despite all of these growth and the evolution of a platform like TikTok. Um, do you have any trend information for Snapchat? Yeah, so I think what's really helping there, because they have had challenges, the growth has slowed, the audience has kind of gotten a little bit smaller in general to very Gen Z and and younger millennials. But um, since COVID had started, um, some stats from uh, Ypulse, which is kind of a younger, uh, like a younger, they they pull younger people, basically. Um, but they have a really, really large survey pool. Um, they saw that um, Gen Z usage has increased from 38% to 54% since quarantine. Um, and by millennials, from, up from 24% to 33%. Um, and the reason for that is actually because AR filters and how much fun that is to spend your time with and, and to communicate with others. Obviously, closed. Um, there's two things that are happening. There's you know, closed communication, um, communicating directly with people. And that's also a trend that's happening on Facebook, which is interesting. Um, But just being able to connect to people directly and then AR filters. And that's a whole other topic, but that is something that when you put on your face, it's really entertaining. It makes communicating with other people a little bit more fun, what you're used to. And that's really driving its resurgence of growth. Um, But it's also... um, that AR filter growth is also kind of span, starting to span outside of Snapchat, and you're seeing that on Instagram work really well for brands. And I think that's the kind of the big thing that's going to shift in is you'll actually see these uh, AR filters that people are making, um, and the you know the gibberish, uh, fun, mm-hmm. fun different like can't, uh, AR filters that you can make. Um, brands are going to start pushing those out relevant to their campaigns. Um, and, and Snapchat really was the first app to 
do that. Um, so that's helping their current growth, but they're likely going to start um, making it easier to share uh, Snapchats to other apps. You always see these, these platforms kind of steal from the playbooks of the other platforms <laughs> in terms of what's working. The reason stories exist everywhere are because of Snapchat, but Snapchat's doing the same thing in terms of taking in what's working from TikTok and integrating it into their platform. Mm-hmm. Yes, I even noticed this week, or was it last week, uh, Facebook is emulating some of the digital conversations. And you mentioned taking these conversations private or intimate into messages. So it's not a public um, kind of sharing of your status, but um, you know, sharing it privately through a message. Now they're creating um, Facebook rooms, almost like Zoom, Zoom rooms, and how people can communicate with each other. And so I find that really interesting and fascinating. Um, I wonder, you know, for some of the things that are coming up, um, do you see or predict a downturn in some of the public sharing of information on social media? Or do you think that's going to stay the same and stay consistent? That's a good question. And I think that was top of mind for everyone going into 2020 because of the election. (laughs) Um, And now... That's also still going to happen on, on top of all of this. Um, I, you know, I do think that people are more comfortable using these apps and more closed off avenues. Um, and you're starting to see that growth. That was a big push for Facebook that didn't really feel like it was going to actually play out. And now because of COVID, it is playing out. They're seeing massive growth in their mess- messaging apps. Um, but yeah, in general, I think um, because we're starting to see, you know, COPA's in place now and um, the California Privacy Act. These regulations are our norm and, and maybe start, they started to become our norm in 2018, but the policies and, you know, actual implementation of all of these um, privacy data situations are starting to, to pan out. So if the platforms are are smart about this and most of them have actually dealt with um, some lawsuits around these kinds of things. Um, Data privacy needs to be front and center and you're really starting to see that happen more and more. Um, And on the flip side of that, that sometimes does actually make targeting harder. Um, We've redacted some of the, um, sorry, my dog. (laughs) Um, We've redacted some of the targeting capabilities um, which happened in 2019. but I feel like that pretty much is our new normal and the, the platforms are, are going to make that front center and we're really seeing that play out. So um, not a huge shift. I actually think a lot of that shift happened um, last year, um, but will definitely be front and center. And for any new platforms that are starting to um, come up, you're likely going to see them deal with some data privacy issues because that's just kind of the, the norm when platforms grow. Um, is they might mishandle one small part of it. Um, So it's something to keep an eye out for, but um, a lot of the platforms have actually been through kind of the ringer on the data issues. Um, And, you know, I don't think it's going to totally change the industry like it did last year, um, but definitely is, you know, here to stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as marketers, how do we approach um, some of these data sensitivity issues with our teams and our clients? And even as small business owners, you know, if we're trying to market to specific people, uh, do you have any insights there for how we can approach some of those sensitivities? 
Yeah, I mean, I think what's really important, and, and this is this spans beyond um, kind of the the data issue, but and is also rele- relevant to COVID is is lean into your organic strategies. Um, the the usage of data um, really comes through like the need for the uses of data and targeting and all of that comes to paid campaigns. But now really is the time to ramp up your organic audiences and build fans um, kind of without the need of the use of that data and just finding content that works for your brand, that resonates for your audiences. And you get information about what works for your brand from the backend analytics of all of these social platforms. And you can start to understand your audiences in that way. And this has been something that's really important for us at Fullscreen is looking at what works organically and applying that to uh, paid campaigns and, and down the funnel marketing objectives. Um, so that's, um, so that's going to be, that, that's a big thing that's actually happening right now and it's going to be really important. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, w- I would say lead with your organic strategy and that will actually really help inform your paid strategies without kind of the need for um, some of these deeper level data uh, tactics um, that have gone away or might be going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. I love that. And that's, you know, something we've been doing internally with our agency as well anyways, is we've always tried to lead with organic. So I like that um, you're seeing that on your end as well. Um, and the, and just in this conversation, you mentioned a lot of different um, stats and resources. So what are some of the solid information sources to kind of look at or search for when we're trying to see how the social space is changing? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have some favorites. <laughs> I love eMarketer. Um, and they have a really, really great podcast as well um, called Behind the Numbers that I listen to every week. So that's really kind of helped me at a macro level figure out how the media industry is changing. Um, and then uh, another just kind of other than like publications, eMarketer probably my favorite. But other than publications, um, actually looking at a couple different things on the backend analytics of your specific social channels. Um, and really what you want to analyze right now and, and consistently, um, you're probably doing it before COVID, but the, the shifts have, have probably told you something completely different about your brand that you weren't realizing, um, is one, your sentiment and how the conversation has shifted how anything you might have posted in the last couple of weeks, um, what the reaction was, um, so that you can kind of figure out what your strategy needs to be within COVID and, and probably beyond. Um, but also organically, what are people watching right now uh, that you've posted? And what are they engaging with um, from your catalog? And what does that mean about what's working and how can that inform you know, your go-forward strategy? Because people do have a lot of time to explore your brand on social and they're probably doing that, especially if it's informative content and helping fill you know, their time with something to do. Um, so that's something that you, if you go down that rabbit hole, you're likely going to find a lot of really interesting information that actually helps um, your strategy. Interesting. Okay, great. Thanks. And I wrote that down, eMarketer and the podcast, and I'll put that link in the show notes for those of you who want to check that out. Um, And then also, I know at full screen, you guys have created this really in-depth, fantastic small business playbook. It's over 70 pages of information. So can you share with us what that's all about? 
Yeah. So um, when this all for when this started happening, obviously some of the the most impact the the biggest impact was on small businesses, kind of immediately. Um, and our leadership just didn't want to sit around idly. We obviously had some some clients going through substantial changes, um, and we were all the whole world was going through substantial changes. So we wanted to take this moment to provide some value, um, kind of you know beyond our clients day to day and for you know, some businesses that we don't engage with as much, but a lot of us have personal connections. Um, you know, one of the leaders on this, uh, her brother, our head of um, strategy is a dentist. Um, my mom's a hairstylist and they're all trying to navigate this. And social is a really good way to stay connected with your um, local audiences. And so we put together this really, really in-depth um, small business playbook, which really is how full screen approaches audiences and social platforms and campaign creative and strategy. And it's all packed in there um, to kind of show you how you can have a social media presence as a small business, both through this time and in general, and different things to look at when it comes to audiences, how Gen Z reacts to your business strategy or your social strategy for your business is going to be totally different than millennials and um, boomers. And, and how you lean into those audience insights to build content and strategies is, is really important. Um, so we've shared this out, uh, and this was done about a month ago, um, and it, it's been great. We've got a lot of really great reaction from it. It's really helpful. Um, and it's definitely something to look into. Uh, there's a lot to wrap your head around that uh, will really give you an understanding of how you know social can work in general for your business. Um, and and more long-term. And also, this has been front and center for, for our marketing pushes and our, our um, just uh, in general priorities. So we're likely going to be developing more content similar to this that kind of helps state, you know, where does social go from here um, for the long-term. So um, yeah, definitely take a look at that. There's a lot in there that'll probably help uh, and resonate for you. And it, it, the fun part is it's all kind of done in the lens of like a, a donut shop. Um, so we kind of take that example of the donut shop and and use that to um, kind of run with as as a like a case study uh, through it all. Fantastic. And I'll put the link to that playbook in the show notes. If you're listening to this, definitely check that out. Um, what I loved about it personally as well is that you don't even have to put in your email address to access it. It's right on the page, um, fullscreen.com slash small biz, B-I-Z. And I'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, definitely check out that resource. Um, thank you, Garrett. Where else can we connect with you and your work and, the, and full screen and their work? Yeah, so um, we <laughs> I just did kind of a here's how to do LinkedIn um, big presentation yesterday. So LinkedIn is definitely my favorite kind of way to connect with people. Um, I am on LinkedIn. Uh, our full screen employees are all on LinkedIn and um, hopefully very active there because it's just so much that platform can do. Um, but yeah, that's probably the best way to connect with me is, is through LinkedIn um, and the other full screen employees. We're all very present uh, on that platform and talking about the different work that we're doing. Awesome. So I'll put Garrett's LinkedIn in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a fantastic conversation. Awesome. Great. Yeah, it was so lovely to talk to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and additional resources, visit our website,
website, SavvySocialPodcast.com. And before you go, I want to invite you to access our free course. Yes, 100% free. It's the best way to jumpstart your social media strategy this year. You can find it at OnlineDrea.com slash free. That's all for this week. Bye for now.